Hi everyone, this is Fernando from Moonspell. This is Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers. Hey, this is Dale from Endemize. This is Vicky Sarakis from The Agonist. This is Will Smith from Artificial Brain, and you're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Maniacs, I'm excited to have on the podcast Scott Briggs from Kentucky Black and Death Metal Assailant Fornicus. Scott, thanks so much for joining us on the Great Metal Debate. Thank you, sir. Well, we're talking to you from Bowling Green, Kentucky, where Fornicus is about to perform at the Spillway Bar and Grill. This is pretty close to your all's home. How often is it that you get to do local shows? Very, very rare. <laughs> this is probably this is the second one in our whole existence. We've been playing since 2014. So, yeah, this is pretty rare. <laughs> and is that just a matter of not enough venues or time, or is there something to you guys have wanted to go where there are other bands to play with? Well, uh, venues have always been scared of it around here. Uh, Spillway's kind of taking a risk and doing a metal night at the end of each month, and uh, they're taking a risk with us being here, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Should be a good risk. Now, since this is the first time we've had you on the podcast, I want to explore a little bit about your history. First, personally, how did you first get into music? Uh, I was a kid. Uh, my dad had a huge record collection kind of thing, you know, so I always heard, you know, Tom Petty, the Eagles, Don Henley, Floyd. That's kind of what I grew up on. And then uh, when I was in school, got in band. So from there, you know, just built from there pretty much. And so uh, what musicians or bands first got you interested in more extreme metal, black, and uh, death metal? Well, first metal band, big shocker, Metallica, of course. But, um for the more extreme stuff, uh, I remember uh, actually Cryptopsy. I heard a song of theirs back in the day, and it just floored me. And then for like black metal, uh, Emperor, and, you know, like back in the day, like Cradle. I'm not really big on me anymore, but Cradle of Filth was you know a good great uh, gateway band and stuff like that. Demo Borger, but uh, Emperor, as far as real black metal goes, that's the first one. So it's still my favorite band. Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Have you gotten to see them? before unfortunately not that's that's a bucket list band if they ever come close enough anytime they have i've not been able to you know for this reunion tours so how did fornicus initially come together as a band well um i wasn't doing anything and uh i was i was just a drummer then i bought a guitar and started writing guitar then uh chris me and chris have known each other for years and i had some riffs and he liked them so we decided to start jamming them out and getting better at what we're doing and uh, that went on for about a year and a half. Uh, and this is circa about when? 2012-ish. And uh, found a drummer named David Snow. He actually lived in Somerset, which is about an hour and a half one way. He would come every week to jam with us, and we just woodshedded and you know got you know got fairly decent. And there you go. <laughs> and Kelly uh, Kelly McCoy joined us. Uh, he's also in Gorgie and uh, now Obsidian Shrine. He for the first leg. Uh, of shows we did he was with us so that's a condensed band history there i guess and your debut album storming heaven came out in 2014 how would you characterize the reaction to that album 
It's pretty positive. Uh, got a lot of good reviews. Uh, we actually had a little blurb in Decibel Magazine for it, which is unexpected. Um, sold out of them, so we might be getting a repress of them here soon. Uh, Dark Horizon Records might be a... I know CD, maybe even vinyl, so well, hopefully. <laughs> And did you get to do many shows following that? Did the release help you guys as far as visibility? Oh yeah, we we did a we mostly do regional shows. Touring really isn't much of an option for us because of you know work commitments and whatnot. But uh, we played you know Lexington, Louisville. You know basically within a two three hour radius we hit those up. We were going to play Chicago and uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, but uh, half the band left us, so we kind of couldn't do that. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, we got some good shows, good reactions. You know, it's a good deal. And the material on that album is very strong. Had the songs for that album been in development since about the time the band came together? Yeah, me and Chris, we we would get together about once a week and put ideas together. Uh, Kelly wrote the title track, actually, Storing Heaven. That was his song. And we actually, me and him, were jamming together for a band that was going to be called Storming Heaven. And we just decided to just merge it because it sounded so alike. Why not, you know? So, yeah. We... we Spent about a year and a half writing the songs and recorded them in my studio. So, yep. And so now the follow-up to Storming Heaven, Hymns of Dominion, was released late last year. Do you feel this is a progression from its predecessor? I do. I feel like our uh, songwriting has gotten a little stronger. Uh, We upped the ante and you know speed and the extremity of it. Our well, our playing altogether has gotten better. I think you know, I did better with the production. All around, I feel like it's a better album. You know, Everybody's going to say that about their new album, but I really think it's a better album than the first one. The artwork for this album is really amazing. Who's responsible for the design of that? Greg Oth from Luciferum War Graphics. He did both artworks for Storming and this one. Uh, actually, he had already had this made on his site, you know, and we just had one edit made to it, and uh, I mean, it just... We felt like it fit, you know, the whole him like domination over the earth kind of, you know, dominion, you know. So we went for that. And speaking of artwork, the band's logo is very, it's very metal, but it's not a generic metal look. It has a unique look, and it's just very memorable. Who who came up with that, and how was that developed? As Greg off again. When we uh, commissioned the artwork, we also commissioned the logo. So, and his turn, he did it all on a weekend, which kind of blew my mind. Yeah, I don't know if he's already starting on something that had the idea going, but he he, he knocked it out. So, <laughs> did you all pitch him some ideas about what you were thinking, or did did you just basically give him the the letters and he ran with it? Uh, we just like we since it was naming after Storing Heaven, just the basic idea of the song, you know, marching war on heaven, you know, and he you know got got it right, you know, with the demons and you know, stabbing the angels and whatnot. <laughs> Now, there are such a variety of approaches within the black metal subgenre. How do you describe your sound, and what do you think sets Fornicus apart? Uh, we we don't really when we write a song, we don't set out like, okay, we're going to make this uh, you know one you know particular direction. Like some of ours are a little more like thrash, thrash black metal. Uh, some are a little more death metal. Um, we. I don't know. We have variety, I think, to it. Uh, the new album has a little bit more brutality to it, you know, with the kind of, you know, as I'm a, a big Mardu fan. I mean, so uh, uh, since I was behind the kit, I was like, well, I'm going to 
push the tempo a little bit. But uh, I think we got a little bit more variety than some. So, you know, you could, I think you could find something to hold on to. So, Not a one-trick pony, you guys. Right, right. We don't write the same song every single time. <laughs> Lyrically, Fornicus adheres to some traditional black metal themes, in particular reappropriating and turning on their head traditional Christian language and symbolism. Can you describe how you develop those ideas and at what point they coalesce into a complete song structure? Lyrics, the bane of my existence. <laughs> That's the least favorite part of the whole process. Um, Basically, I just got to sit down and make myself, I come up with usually a, a title and work from there. We we start with the music. I know some bands might start with a title or lyrics and write music around it, but we do the music first, lyrics second. Whenever I'm writing the vocals, I actually just spew out nonsense to get a pattern and then put words to that, you know. Just bleh, 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 you know. I could probably just record that so people would know the difference. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I think that's my weakest part is lyrics. To be honest with you, I wish somebody else would do them, <laughs> but I got to do them all. <laughs> um, that's uh, there's not really. Uh, it's all I got on lyrics, I guess. <laughs> oh, that that's very interesting. That that's kind of the more like the icing on top of the cake and not the structure. It's it's the final piece of the puzzle. Now, you talked earlier about uh, kind of how the band evolved membership-wise. You guys are performing as a trio live? Right. Uh, after uh, we lost uh, David and Kelly, um, me and Chris wrote the new album. And uh, I guess it was about late summer, early fall last year, uh, I hollered at Clinton, our current guitar player. I had jammed with him previously. I always had them in the back of my mind, but we just wanted to do the album first, so we had the groundwork laid out. Getting a little loud now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, shoot, train of thought here. <laughs> uh, we got him in there, and he learned the stuff within like a couple weeks. And it's nothing for him. He's an amazing, amazing guitarist. It's Blair. He learned our stuff within a couple weeks. Uh, we was jamming and we jailed within a month. I mean, it was nothing for him to learn that stuff. His, his uh, playing ability is second to none. I mean, we're proud to have him. So he's going to take it. I mean, I think as a trio right now, we're the tightest we've ever been. Even with me gasping for air back there doing vocals and drums at the same time. So, I mean, we've played three, maybe four shows since we got him. And I think we got better response and everything since, you know, got this lineup together. So I'm very proud of it. <laughs> feel like the sound is full enough. I've seen some trios. As a matter of fact, I saw one in Atlanta a few weeks back that was really strong. The guys in Night Demon. But I've also seen some metal bands where you have, you know, 12 different performers on stage. So it's kind of a range of approaches as far as how many musicians it takes to provide the sound. There is, you know, there's of course compromise because there are guitar parts on the albums that we can't perform live, obviously. But uh, I, I think that uh, we get the core of everything's there. You know, I don't think it's anything that's going to, you know, turn away the show, you know, make the show weaker or anything like that. So it's an interesting challenge being a trio. So you know, it's kind of a fun part in of itself to see how we can make the songs and work in the live environment. So. Yeah. Uh, right now, I mean, we're open to the idea of getting another guitarist or somebody else taking drums so I can go back to guitar, but we're not going to pursue it. You know, if somebody comes to us, we'll look into it, but it's working right now, working well.
After tonight's show at Spillway, what are the band's plans going forward towards summer of 2017? Uh, we got a show in Murfreesboro, Memento Mori 3, uh, in May. Uh, it's a festival kind of thing that uh, Kelly, our ex-guitarist, he put together in memory of uh, Ian from Wormreich, who was killed a few years ago. Yeah, he was very, very close to him. And uh, it's we've got process of suffocation, vile desecration of serpents. They're playing a uh, debut show of Obsidian Shrine. Uh, first show Gorgeous had since I left the band. Then uh, end of the month, we're doing Louisville for uh, Full Speed Friday. It's kind of a kind of like here. It's a metal night in that bar up there, back bar. Uh, Obsidian Shrine, and uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Dea Scalfa, or Deep Scalfa, I I haven't got it right yet. Excellent, excellent band out of Louisville. Highly recommend them. Uh, D-E-A-P-S-C-U-F-A. Then we were trying to do a weekend of it since Memorial Day weekend, but we couldn't get anything solid. But uh, beyond that, you know, we haven't booked any, have anything booked until uh, October for Communion of Darkness in Spartanburg, South Carolina, the Black Metal Festival. So uh, we're gonna, you know, try to get some more gigs together. We're gonna start kind of throwing some ideas around too. You know, start right for the next one. So. Sounds like if you're in the middle U.S., there will be opportunities to see you guys in the coming year. Right. We're pretty regional. So. <laughs> uh, our bassist, Chris, he works very often seven days a week, so he has to take vacation for anything we do. So there's only so many vacation days he can take. Wrapping up with you tonight, Scott, please tell our listeners the best way to purchase music and merchandise from Fornicus, including this new album, Hymns of Dominion. We got the you know, Bandcamp, fornicus.bandcamp.com, and uh, we got a big cartel with our shirts, uh, fornicus.bigcartel.com. And then uh, Dark Horizon Records also carries it. I think it's uh, darkhorizon666.com. I think that's the correct address. But uh, those three places, they have all of our stuff. So, And check you guys out any of those dates that you mentioned. I'm sure you all have the music and merch there as well. Of course. Yeah, we carry it all with us. So. <laughs> Well, man, I'm so excited. Your albums are so strong. This will be my first time to see you alive tonight. Can't wait for it to be banging in my head right in front of the stage right there, man. Appreciate it, man. It's great talking to you, dude.